I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov. Hello, everyone. I'm Timothy Lawson, your host for This Week at VA. If this is your first time listening, I suggest checking out our feed in iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play and listening to past episodes. We have great interviews in our library, including Kayla Williams, Jared Lyon, Blaine Smith, and Secretary David Shulkin. If you like what you hear, a rating and review on your platform of choice would be much appreciated. As many of you know, March is Women's History Month. In celebration and honor of this month, the Center for Women Veterans partnered with the Veterans Artist Program on an initiative that brings veteran-created art to VA medical centers. Ten locations were selected to feature art from ten women veterans to be on display through the month of March. The storyboards that will display the artwork will include images of the art, photos of the women in and out of uniform, and brief biographies. The locations are Beckley, West Virginia, Salisbury, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, Mountain Home, Tennessee, Topeka, Kansas, Chicago, Illinois, New Orleans, Louisiana, Houston, Texas, Spokane, Washington, and Las Vegas, Nevada. If you're interested in visiting the exhibits at those medical centers, contact them and ask about the women's art exhibit and where it can be located in the facility. You can also visit the Center for Women's Veterans website at va.gov slash womenvet. Our featured interview this week is with one of the artists that's featured in the exhibit, Army veteran Pamela Corwin. Pamela served in the Army for six years and has a master's in biology from the Citadel. When she's not working as a wildlife and fisheries biologist for the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, she's creating art. Pamela talks to us about her time in the service, her art, her work with fish, and being selected for the art exhibit. Enjoy. All right, everybody. I am here with Army veteran Pamela Corwin. Pamela, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Pamela, you are one of the 10 women that were selected to uh, participate in the Women's History Month art exhibition uh sponsored by the Center for Women and Veterans here at the VA. Uh, we're going to get into your artwork soon, but we need to go back to uh, that one part, that uh, that one commonality you have with the rest of us, and that's the decision to join the United States military. Bring us back to that day for you. Oh, well, I kind of knew that I'd always um, would eventually join the military. I didn't know exactly when, and it just so happened that I had a bunch of scholarships to college and everything. So I figured I would just go ahead and go to college. And when I got out, it kept bugging me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger. So I went to, um, I actually went to a National Guard recruiter and a reserve recruiter. And I ended up signing up with the National Guard in South Carolina. And I was in the it's a RSP program. So I didn't leave. I signed up in February and didn't leave until August just to work some some scheduling conflicts and everything out with work. And I remember my first day at basic training, and I am like, what the heck did I just get myself into? 
because I was older. You know, I was 24, yeah. and there were a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds there in basic training, never been away from their parents, never been out in the real world, and that really made me feel old. I really actually enjoyed basic training. I was um, already fit and everything, so it was really easy. Of course, dealing with the the teenage drama, that was the worst part. But I actually liked, after the first week, I liked basic training, and I knew I'd made the right decision. Maybe give me, can you, can you describe an experience that you had while you were in the military that maybe sums up uh, your time of service? There are so many great memories. I mean, I had my military family, and I do really miss those guys. And, of course, you always have the bad stuff, but I try to push that out of the way. Um, when I, I think I was about three and a half years in, um, I was asked to be in the R3SP program for suicide prevention. It's, it was from the National Guard Bureau, and I was going to be on the enlisted side because I was enlisted. And I was basically someone that they, you know, soldiers could come talk to. And there was supposed to be a male and a female, um, not necessarily a counselor, but someone that represented the R3SP program. And it turns out a lot of people were just coming to me because I was always open and I generally cared about people's lives, you know, talked about how are your kids, you know, how is, how is life going? And they felt that they could come to me. And that was, more of my aha moment <laughs> in the military. And from then on, I think everything that I learned in the military kind of came full circle because I was helping people in the military as I was serving in the military and actually making a difference in these people's lives. Cause I mean, the suicide rates are crazy right now and that shouldn't be. I and mean, we should have more people trying to get these soldiers help and trying to understand, you know, what's going on, not just put them on medication. A lot of times they just want you to listen. What do you, what were, what's one or two things that you particularly remember um, about learning from that experience? Like what, what about suicide prevention, something that you learned through that experience? Well, I learned that I can hear the phone ring at three o'clock in the morning. Hmm. Even after, even after, you know, a night out or whatever. Um, but I also felt a deeper connection to, I'm normally not a people person, but I felt a deeper connection and a responsibility to these people. And I, it's kind of hard to explain when you help somebody, because I'm a very humble person. I don't like to brag. Um, but just like my inner self, felt complete knowing that those people can come to me no matter what time, you know, it could be three o'clock in the morning, it could be 12 o'clock at noon, and I'm still going to give them exactly what they want. I'm going to sit there and listen, I'm, you know, get them help that they need, get them in the direction that they need to be going. Did you, did, um, uh, we'll get well, we'll get to that next. Um, tell me about tell us about your transition out of the military. It was I guess going back to the suicide prevention program. Even though I got out of the military, people were still calling me because they felt comfortable talking to me. You know, sometimes they would be really upset, like they'd woke up from 
an awful dream or, or night fright, you know, ne- you never know. And they would still call me and these people still talk to me to this day. Um, that was difficult letting go of my military family. And I do miss them. I really do because, you know, it's the camaraderie. I miss that. But other than that, the military gave me a lot of leadership ability. And I use that a lot in my career and my everyday job. I already had discipline, so I wasn't worried about that. I learned that when I was in basic training. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of um, a lot of veterans, when they exit the military, they um, will experience, um, in the first couple of years, um, some sort of emotional crisis. Did you experience anything like that? I did, because... I guess it's it's different, like, um, uh, you have a different type of personality in the Army, you know, especially being a woman, and I was in a combat support battalion, so I was one of the few women in this unit, and you were one of the guys, they respected you, and then when you go out of the military and in the real world, you you don't really have that, that camaraderie, You, you have friendships and coworkers, but you don't have you didn't experience a lot of those things with those coworkers and everything. You know, it, I don't know if I would necessarily trust my life with my coworkers versus <laughs> my military family. I would trust them. Um, so that was hard to deal with, but I still talk to a lot of people. So I'm, I'm glad that I do have that option available. Yeah. And, and, um, this, finding a, a renewed purpose is another um, uh, another challenge that uh, veterans have after they exit. How long did it take you after your uh, transition to the military to find that renewed purpose? Um, well, I kind of already had that going for me before I got out because I was getting my master's degree in biology and I was working in avian, which is bird conservation, and I just transitioned into a biologist job with the state of South Carolina and at first I was a little iffy because I don't I fish but I didn't know if I would like working with fish (laughs) and it turns out (laughs) and it turns out I do especially because I'm restoring historical um, American shad run to where they previously they the rivers were dammed and they couldn't get to their spawning area and now that's my job is to get these fish to that area now and see if they'll return to spawn. And that is my my favorite thing to do right now. And I know I said I wasn't sure if I would like working with fish, but I really do. Yeah. Tell me um, in, in as few words as possible, describe to me what exactly it is that you do to help get these fish uh, to these these respawning areas. Like, what is what does your daily job look like? Oh, good grief! <laughs> um, I collect eggs from spawning fish from at the hatchery. I grow them out, and then when they're about three to four days old, I will stock them um, in those historical areas. And that area that they are stocked in are imprinted. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Um, <laughs> an interesting question for uh, for this one of my favorites to ask here on the podcast. What skill 
skill set, talent, discipline, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, did you learn in the Army that's best contributing to your success now? Well, I kind of honed in and refined my discipline skills in the Army. I mean, I was already responsible from, you know, getting a degree in college and everything, but this allowed me to work by myself because that's what I do. I work by myself. I mean, I have a crew, but I know I can be relied on, and those leadership skills in the military is definitely what shaped me into being what I am now because I was really shy, and I was really timid, I always had great ideas, but I would be like the little squeaky girl in the back, you know, hey, can you, you know, can you hear me? You know, that type of thing. And I think I eventually found the confidence to lead once I got out. So we mentioned at the top of the interview, you are uh, one of the veterans that were chosen for the Women Veterans uh, Art Project, uh, or Art Exhibition, I should say. Um, tell me, uh, maybe, so the, a picture of your of your art is in the show notes of this um, of this interview, and people can go to blogs.va.gov to, to find that. Uh, but maybe describe to the audience what your art piece uh, looks like, what it is. Well, naturally, it's going to be a fish. Mm, um, <laughs> it is a saltwater fish known as a tarpon, and it's coming out of the water, and tarpon are found in warm water so like the florida keys so that's that real pretty turquoise blue water and i really like color so it's the tarpon coming out of the water with that kind of background okay and what's what's the medium i don't did you i don't know if you said that it's uh it's acrylic okay acrylic paint you like the fish now you like working with fish now you like using art to display fish is art the or are fish the centric of uh, a lot of your art creativity, or is this something you did uh, sort of um, specifically for this? Wildlife is probably my theme, and I really like fish, and I really like horses. I know there's to- two totally different animals, but there's are probably my two favorite things to paint or draw. Um, but most of it is wildlife or landscape theme. But I also do. Uh, military art and I actually have a series that I'm working on and it's um, animals in the military so when you have like a canine and the canine unit I've already done one of those I've done the horse like blackjack with the backwards boot and it was amazing to find out how many of the younger generation didn't understand what that meant Um, and then I have a few others lined up that I'm going to be doing that's cool how long have you been doing art uh, I've always done art ever since I was little, um, up until I was in 12th grade and then I quit cause I was in college and then I didn't pick up a paintbrush until, uh, 2013 and I've been painting since 2013. And was it just, uh, exploring your own creativity and just getting better with practice or did you take under any sort of instruction or mentorship? No, uh, it's always kind of been there. Uh, I can look back at stuff that I'd done when I was in kindergarten, and I already developed the sense of shading and how to make an object look 3D. And, I mean, I was in AP art in high school and everything, and I didn't do anything in college. And one day I picked up a paintbrush and like, I'm going to paint a trout. And I painted it, and it was like nothing had ever left. It just came all right back. And I think... 
as I've gotten older, I have gotten better with more practice. What uh, what's the most challenging part of uh, painting a fish? Uh, the scales. Mm. <laughs> How long did it take you to get that down? Well, it's I guess it's the whole fish because you know most fish are covered in scales, right? And scales and fish are shiny, so they're always reflecting light, um, and they're wet, so it's always all kinds of different colors, and you have to get that mixed together just right. And that took a long time. That probably took two years. When you walk through art galleries and you see other paintings of fish, do you feel like you do you feel like your work is superior? Are you are do you feel like you're an upper echelon of uh of being able to paint fish? I guess I'm not the type of person that looks at somebody else's art and and compares mine. I look at something and seeing, oh, that person has done this, so that's why it's expressed that way. Why do you what does art do for you? What does um like, what is it What is it about art that you enjoy? Well, one, I'm also a conservation biologist, so it allows me to display species of concern, not necessarily the tarpon, but one um, like brook trout, for example. And then it also allows me to, if it's one of um, that I've experienced, it, it allows me to remember that in a different way. It allows me to put myself into the art so I can concentrate on something other than, you know, stress at work or something like that. Why why that piece uh, for the women's art exhibit? I'm not sure why, because I sent uh, five pieces and they chose that one. <laughs> oh, very well. So you, um, so you I, submitted multiple pieces then? Yes. And okay. they said they had debated uh, a long time to... to to figure out which one they wanted to to showcase. And I think I did send probably two or three fishes and maybe a horse and I think one of the military animal ones. But I guess they wanted something different. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. I like that. Have you, um, do you normally, where, where do you put your artwork, artwork on display? Do you, uh, do you go into other exhibits or galleries or artists in residence, anything like that? Or is this a, a first time thing for you? Um, I do a little bit of everything. I have an artist in residence coming up with the South Carolina State Parks. That'll be in November. Uh, I have I do a couple of local art shows. I have a, a website through Etsy.com that I um, display art. I, I occasionally put stuff on Facebook. Just a little bit of everywhere. Like we have a local bank that we have a little um, area set up that I'll display art. Um, a question I'd like to ask my guests, um, you can answer this whatever way uh, you want. Um, can you tell me uh, maybe one or two veterans in the veteran space, whether uh, leaders of nonprofits or just veterans that you work with on a regular basis, um, that sort of have you excited about what they're doing or so you look up to them uh, in the work that they do? Well, there is the program Project Healing Waters. Just got to give a shout out to them because obviously they're involved with fish. Um And we have a similar uh, Veterans Fishing Day where I work, and it's actually coming up March 16th. And I don't know, it's just so empowering to see a lot of these people out there enjoying fishing while I'm working and then having the same experience and and talking about the fishing and how they enjoy it. I I look up to all of those veterans that not necessarily have a disability, but are getting out there and enjoying 
what they like, no matter what is wrong. That's the that's the veterans that I look up to. You know, they might be in a wheelchair, they might be missing a leg, but they're not letting that stop them. Pamela, I really appreciate you talking uh, to me and my audience about uh, about your art, your time in the service, uh, and whatnot. Um, uh, and thank you most of all for your service to our country. Thank you so much. Getting out of the military, I was missing this camaraderie. It's frustrating when you try and talk to people that don't understand. I would be talking, but I wasn't there with them. You just feel so alone. I still had the anger. I still had the addictions, but we didn't talk about that. Came to a point where it's like, okay, I really need to talk to somebody about this. Family more or less encouraged me, you know, go to the VA. You're a veteran. See what they can do to help you. When you have family, friends, when you have the facilities like the VA and the vet center, it gives me, it gives others encouragement to keep moving forward. It's okay to go get help. It's okay to talk to people because it takes true strength to ask for help. Talking with, with other veterans was the best method for learning the roadmap to success. Hear veterans' real stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. Pamela mentions in her interview that the work she found most rewarding in the Army was her time as suicide prevention NCO. I want to take this time to reiterate some of VA's valuable resources that pertains to mental health, emotional health, and suicide prevention. There's the Veterans Crisis Line, which can be reached at 1-800-273-8255. You can also use their confidential chat at veteranscrisisline.net. VA also provides VA also provides vet centers, which are available to combat veterans, MST survivors, and other qualifying veterans. Vet centers provide one-on-one counseling, support groups, and more. You can find a vet center near you using the interactive map at vetcenter.va.gov. If you simply want to hear from other veterans and find comfort in resonating with their stories, I recommend visiting maketheconnection.net. At that site, you can find videos and stories from veterans like you. You can even use the site filter to discover information and stories of recovery tailored to you. Today's Veteran of the Day is Mabel Kaufman. Mabel served in the Women's Army Corps during World War II. She worked in a dental clinic during the war. Thank you for your service, Mabel. To read Mabel's full write-up and to learn how to nominate your own Veteran of the Day, visit blogs.va.gov. That wraps up episode 21. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I know there are a lot of options out there for entertainment, so I appreciate you spending your time here with me. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DEPT Vet Affairs for more from our veteran community. If you have any questions you'd like to have addressed here on the show, please tweet them to us using hashtag VA Podcast or email us newmedia at VA.gov. I'm Timothy Lawson, signing off. <laughs>